Are you tired of hearing people complain about the world and ready to own the responsibility to make the world a better place? Hey, my name is Brent Simpson and welcome to this episode of Creating the Future. I believe that within each of us is a yearning to make the world a better place. So let's work together and make that desire a reality. My hope is that today's conversation inspires you as you endeavor to create the future. Hey, welcome to part two of this conversation with Dr. Joe Davis of Southeastern University, where we are answering the question, uh, did Jesus rise from the dead? And if he did, why does it matter? Uh, you're going to love this conversation today. I uh, will remind you that he will be with us at the Apologetic Conference at Arise Church this year in August. Uh, make sure you mark your calendars, August 20th and 21st. He'll be with us, as well as a few other apologists, and it's going to be a great time. So if you enjoy this discussion today, uh, make sure you put that down on your calendar and join us on that special day. Uh, one of my big takeaways from this part of uh, the message is just the impact of Jesus Christ on the world uh, and how that should impact each one of us. Uh, and especially the ending. Make sure that you listen all the way through and hear the ending when Dr. Davis starts talking about the love of God expressed through the life and person of Jesus Christ. So uh, sit back and en enjoy part B, side two, so to speak, of this special podcast for Easter this year. I think the escape way out that unfortunately still happens too often is that people say, well, I don't know what happened, but I don't really care. I, I feel like there's a problem with that because it's just an uneducated, uh, you, you have to care because if, if Jesus really did rise from the dead, it validates everything he said, it validates who he is. And at that point, it matters ultimately, not just in this earth, but ultimately if he is God or not. And so I think that's a cheap, easy way out, uh, but I don't think that's a, a good way out whatsoever. And it's very common in our society. So if Jesus really did rise from the dead, what does that matter? Like, like who cares? Like, okay, this Jewish carpenter rose from the dead, whatever, these people follow him. What do I care about that? Let's, let's go that route now. Yeah, I think the big difference is he says he's God. Yeah. And uh, so now we have uh, the validation of sin being paid for. In other words, that Christ has been able to pull it off, that death is no longer able to exercise its tyranny. And from a logical standpoint, I'd say it like this. If God is the source of life, then to go contrary to God is to go contrary to life. Mm -hmm. Or to put it another way, if in fact he's our source to go against him, diminish his life at minimum, mm. at minimum there is a diminution. And so I think the way that I would answer them is, well, you're right. If he's just a man, it really doesn't make all that much of a difference. Right. But the point is, he said he's God, and he did what he said he was going to do. And if, in fact, he was able to do what he said he was going to do, claiming to be God, then we go back to the old C.S. Lewis, Lord, liar, lunatic. That's where I was about to go. Then yeah. we really do have someone who is God, and that means that we need to listen to what he says. In other words, it's the validation of everything he taught as well as lived. And without that resurrection, we don't have the validation. And the resurrection is the validation. Now, the second aspect, and this is important for us, it's the enunciation of the new man and the new woman. Hmm. In other words, when Jesus rises, he does not rise as a spirit. He rises in flesh and blood. What does that mean? It means that, in fact, that God is making a statement about our humanity, that in fact, he likes what he did when he created us, and that his goal is restoration, 
And so he wants to restore us to our original creation. And Jesus rising from the dead is called the first fruits, meaning that we too shall rise with him. But the point, of course, is that if in fact Jesus is risen as a human, then God is making a statement about what it means to be a human. Mm -hmm. What it means to be a human is that in fact, Jesus Christ is the fullest revelation of both God and man. That's a quote from Karl Barth. And so here in Christ, we understand ourselves. And so the reason that everybody should care is because Jesus Christ is what humanity looks like when it fires on all cylinders. Yeah. And so it's beautiful to think about. Jesus Christ is a, is a portrait of true humanity. And one more comment on that. Most, there's two types of normal. Normal by counting mathematically. This is what most people do. And then there's normal by design. Christianity is an argument that the true normal is by design and not what most people are doing. Mm, that's good. That's good. All right. Uh, so, so let me, I'm going to say something and I'd love for you to respond to it. So most people nowadays look at the Bible as the foundation of Christianity but the Bible is not the foundation of Christianity. The resurrection is the foundation of Christianity because long before we had any letters that were written, at least the ones we know of, uh, you know, at least at minimum 30 years um, before that, all this was, was the disciples going around telling the story of the resurrection. And it wasn't the Bible that led yeah. them to do that. It was the, it was the resurrection. This guy was dead. Now he's alive. And before they saw him alive, they were scattering. They were going back to fishing, back to their old lifestyle. The resurrection is what emboldened them. Uh, Then obviously the day of Pentecost, you would say right after that, but it's what empowered them and sent them out around the world to spread that message. And so sometimes in the modern Christian movement, we get this emphasis that, you know, the Bible is the foundation of Christianity. No, it's a foundation, but the original foundation is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And with that being said, uh, my apologetic, I often start here because so many people get lost in the days of creation and is it young earth or old earth, or they get lost in, uh, you know, the, what the, is the Bible accurate? Has it been changed in translations and all these things? And my point is always, you have to start at the foundation, which is not the Bible. And, and I don't know that if you had asked Peter, how old the earth was that he would have cared. The point yeah. was Jesus was dead and now he's alive and that changes everything. Um, and so starting at the resurrection and coming to a conclusion with that, will then open up the door to understand all the other things, you know, the age of the earth or these different sure. things get debated that cause people to stumble across or stumble over Christianity in a negative way. Um, but it really is the resurrection. That's, that's the root of it. That's the start. Well, it's simple enough to say, Pastor, that if he's not risen from the dead, who cares? Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, and I don't mean to be. Right. Uh, exactly. Blasphemous or, or, or not. Um, concerned about everything else. But the bottom line is, if Jesus doesn't rise from the dead, the game is over, okay? And what game? Us being able to have communion with God. And I like to draw, when I'm teaching on this, two arrows. And I like to say it this way. All other religions try to reach up to God through goodness. Christianity alone starts with the premise, you have no hope. The only shot is that he comes to you. Mm -hmm. But in coming to us, we're talking about Christ. And he... When he comes to us, he's not just coming uh, for the fun of it. He's, he's really trying to seal and create a pathway where we can have a relationship with God because the other way doesn't work. And, and, I, and even before I came to Christ, the reality is if it had been based on goodness, I'd have never tried. 
I was right. too far gone. Mm-hmm. And there was no hope, none whatsoever. And so if you'd have said to me, Pastor, you'd be a good person. You try your best. I would have simply said, I don't think that's going to happen. That's not going to work. There's no hope for that. What changed me was that Jesus Christ willingly died for me. Mm. No one forced him. He went to the cross. He took my place, which I knew. And and I think today in our culture, we're we're trying to really get away from this idea that I have some responsibility before God. And so the point that I would make is deep in every person's heart, they know that in fact, that they're responsible before an all-seeing God, an all-knowing God who knows the intentions of our heart. And I have to tell you, before I became a Christian, that thought scared the daylights out of me because I knew what I was thinking. I knew the thoughts that I had. I knew what was in my heart. And so I thought, how could a God possibly love me? And what shocked me, and in my own personal life, I was involved in a car accident. And in that moment, I thought he could have taken me just as soon as as I'm sitting here. He chose not to. He chose to give me grace. And so the cross and the resurrection says that God loves us in spite of our sins, willing to take our place. And there's just nothing like that out there. There isn't any message that says that God loves you so much that he's going to come and be one of you, Mm -hmm. die, rise from the dead to redeem your humanity. There's just nothing like that. Yeah. And in Christianity, we focus on the cross a lot, which is important. But at the end of the day, the resurrection is what validated the cross. So without the resurrection, we don't even have the power of the blood and all those things we talk about. Yeah. Resurrection is what took these, you know, band of disciples that had already left in the matter of that short period of time and were already going back to their old lifestyles and brought them back together and essentially started Christianity. It is amazing to think about that here you have just a group, a very small group. And, and I like to say it from Podunkville. Bluntly, bluntly. <laughs> right, right. Okay. If you, you've been to Israel, so one of the things that I do when I go to Israel is I stand on the boat in the middle of Sea of Galilee. I look around and I say these words. The man who changed the entire world more than any other person came from Podunkville. This was nothing. Right. So bad that the Pharisee said, can anything good come from this area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's where he chose to come from and his disciples. And these are the people that have changed the world more than any other person. Yeah. Um, it's truly amazing. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll share one last thing and then I'll give you your closing, closing remarks, your however you want to, uh, last thing you want to say to all of our listeners. So at the end sure. of the day, did Jesus rise from the dead and what does it matter? Literally AD and BC, time was split in half. So much of who we are as a civilization, like right now, everybody's talking about racial justice, apart from Christianity, apart from at least a belief in God, but then stepping into Christianity, you don't even know what justice is, Uh, truth, obedience, honesty, uh, things that are foundational, um, all come from this root and lineage of Christianity that has informed the world to such an extent that oftentimes we don't even realize the branches that have grown out of it until now we're trying to cut down the trunk and you start to see things collapsing. And, and so this, uh, things like the middle class, things like uh, property ownership, these are all things that came out of the Christian ethic, hospitals, you know, orphanages. These are all things that came out of the Christian ethic that we would all celebrate and love. And when I oftentimes 
uh, teaching different elements of apologetics, I'll take a marker board and say, name your top heroes of the last 2000 years, you know, and people will name George Washington and Martin Luther King Jr. and whoever, the people that you would want to emulate. And when you name those names with almost no exception, every one of them was either a Christ follower or a person who put Christ's principles into practice and publicly said so. Um, yeah. even, even people like Gandhi that you don't realize right. when he was looking at Christian principles That's correct. in that quote, whether he actually said it or not, that, that he loves Christ, but doesn't love the Christians. Um, but you see that over and over and over. And then if you make a, a hero and villain list, so leave the heroes and go to the villains, oftentimes the people who are the greatest villains are the ones that were not believers in Christ and the ones that nobody wanted to be like. So at the end of the day, why does it matter? If you want to be something that's great, that changes the world, that, that, I mean, even things like arts and creativity really spurned from Christianity. If you want to be that person, it just makes sense based on past record that you follow the same person that all these others followed and learn from his ways. And uh, so I'll just, I'll just leave with that. And, and Dr. Davis, you can, you can wrap us up. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, the one thing that I get, and I, I had a conversation with a doctor one time, a medical doctor, and he said, I believe in God. He says, it's hard to argue all the math in the universe. I, I, that, that I believe in God. But then he said, but I don't think he cares about me. Mm. Now, I understand why he might say that. You're a doctor, you deal with sickness. I got it. But then I, I said to him something that uh, I think stunned him. And it's the refutation of deism, which is what he was saying. It is illogical that a purposeful act of God would lack purpose. And in the God purposely creates, by definition, creation as purpose. Now, here's the short way of saying this. What you're describing is a creator God, not someone who cares. And why do I believe in the resurrection? It is God's statement about how much he loves us. And all the way back in Genesis 15, God says to Abraham, I'm your shield. I'm your reward. And Abraham pretty much blows it off if you read it. But they make a covenant. And in the covenant, Abraham never walks through. And God says, I'm going to be your God. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to take it on myself. And I'll be the one. Yeah. And so here's what I want to say. It blows my mind to think that someone could love me that much. And the number one reason that I believe that people don't become Christians is because that shocking type of love will absolutely transform your life mm. and reconstitute you from the bottom up. And so here's what I want to say. I want you to give that kind of God a chance because he's really good at building people and he's really good at repairing people. And I think the hardest thing to believe is not that he rose from the dead, I think the hardest thing to believe is that he loves me. Yeah. And so I want to encourage everybody to jump, to leap, to believe that he really does love you so much that he would die from you for you. Yeah. And that he would rise to tell you that he wants to be with you forever. Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today, and I especially hope it added value to you. 
If you enjoyed it, would you do me a favor and give us a five-star rating on your podcast provider? It really helps to get the word out. And of course, if you share this content with your friends, that would be great too. And until next time, I hope you continue creating a better future. I look forward to being with you again soon.